with jessica michelle singleton shit nobody cares about <laughs> yeah oh, we're just, recording all of it now oh god we're on <laughs> yeah. i was saying really important thoughts yeah just, super if duper you're, if you're just tuning in you missed the cure for everything <laughs> darn it yeah, you should have been here before the mic was on it's right really obviously everybody should be here before the mic is on because that is that's when. the juicy stuff right that's when we go over the ground rules and tell you what you can and can't talk about yeah Jews. everything's oh, <laughs> am i right yeah my people we're fine don't cancel us <laughs> <laughs> broke jews at that uh i'm the only one yeah, yeah. i'm a blemish on the community <laughs> it's because i'm a jew from a cum cup have they oh, jesus christ have they cast you out uh not yet but i have had to work my way in they've so. taken your yarmulke you can't <laughs> my yarmulke <laughs> i was at a jewish what it was like uh my friend who's jewish she was marrying a guy who's definitely like probably catholic some type of christian just she they they live in south florida they're both therapists but like he's from montana they're just big backwoods family she's this tiny like skinny but like blonde just firecracker like my height but just fucking in killer shape with big fake boobs and just the cutest person that you're like why are you nice? You know, they're like, fuck you. How do you have so much energy? And he's just fucking six foot four, just mountain man. And so his family's on one side, all, all the friends of the Jewish family and like were on her side. And there was one woman on his side that when you walk in, they have like a basket uh, of yarmulkes for men to take to take, take for the service. And uh, in case you a, forgot yours, there was a woman wearing a yarmulke on oh. his side. <laughs> just this old woman. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Just trying so hard to be respectful. And I was like, oh Lord. <laughs> uh, that wasn't That's for you. Not for you. Well, it's 2020. It can be for, can be for anybody. She Maybe she's not a woman. For. I don't know. Maybe. That's true. Oh, see, it's, you assumed her gender. Honestly, that's on me. Mm-hmm. But she was on the other side. So also wrong religion. <laughs> but I don't know. I think there's a lot of fear going to weddings and doing the wrong thing and oh. being on the wrong side. And it's it's so much anxiety. Like, can we all just like sit on the ground or something in I know. circles? Or, can we I don't just know. sit wherever, just open seating? <laughs> right. Cafeteria style. What's just crazy is I, I, that, I was not a bridesmaid in that wedding, but I like gave a little speech during the wedding, but. When people get, like, upset that they didn't get asked to be a bridesmaid, I'm like, I <laughs> live to not be a bridesmaid. Right. I'm a t- I hate it, and I'm terrible at it. Yeah. I never hem the dress. Right. If it's, a like, if I go somewhere, and I'm fucking the worst wedding gift or w- wedding guest. I, I was like, a wedding gift, huh? You I am the gift. Giving I don't, yourself. I don't bring a gift half the time. Well, I mean, I was... You're like, like early twenties so too. Stuff. I'm like, I bought this dress. I flew across the country. I'm an artist, so now I just in the back of my mind have all these like IOUs for the future. I'm gonna call my <laughs> friends in ten years and be like, look, I'm sure you haven't forgotten that I didn't give you a wedding <laughs> gift. I had one friend go, hey, we're we're um sending thank you cards. I got a text from someone. Shut I up. Swear to God, no way. For gifts, and I 
just wanted to make sure I sent you one. What did you give us? And I was like, I. What was the nicest thing you got? That was from me. Yeah. You should have just been like the vase. Yeah. The clock. (laughs) Oh, it was cash in an envelope. I forgot to write my name on it. That would have been the move. Right. And then like you didn't get it. What did you respond? I just was like, look, I'm going to be honest with you. Oh. (laughs) I am very broke and I intend to get you a gift. And it was an honest thought. And I. I'm now saying this out loud, realizing that was five years ago. She's had a baby since then, and I didn't send anything for that. Kelsey, are you listening? I'm very sorry. I'm a bad friend. I'm poor. Oh, God. Now I'm kicked out of the Jewish community. For sure. Uh, well, or not, because you're saving money on gifts. That's true. It's very Jewish. It's very Jew of you. I am the gift. <laughs> My presence is the present. It's the present. Uh, What's well, hard when you fucking... Mm-hmm. I tried... I didn't... I wasn't like... I guess I did try so hard, but like, I wanted to be friends with everyone growing up. And then as soon as weddings started, I was like, oh, I regret this. Yeah. Uh-huh. I should have been a bookworm. Right. Like, yeah. why was I like, I'll be everyone's best. Why was I social? Right. <laughs> and then I think about... If I ever have a wedding, I'm like, oh, oh my, how am I going to fucking not, I can't have that many, right. you know, people, because it's, everyone's my best friend, and now I'm like. Now you have to pick and choose which one. Especially really bridesmaids, your knowing, best having seen how offended people get yeah. by not being a bridesmaid, I'm like, I'm going to have to draw out of a hat publicly. Because <laughs> I feel like 10 is too many. But oh, 10 is a little bit ridiculous. It's a lot of ridiculous. Yeah. Just elope. Uh yeah. That's the best plan. Yeah. Yeah, just I suggest it to everybody. I also just I'm thought... I'm going to encourage my daughter to do that. Just elope. Take the money and run. Or just do... Go on a vacation. Prior, like, wet, the wedding, get married at the courthouse, and then maybe do... We're going to have a big reception. Right. A big celebration. Let's skip the boring shit. Right. Get to the fun part. Right. Like, that's what everyone comes for anyway. Right. Nobody wants to be at the... At the okay, fucking... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you, you do, you do. We've seen this before. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, the love of your life. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> is there an open bar? Right, right. <laughs> love is patient. Love is kind. I'm love honestly. is boring as shit. Love is Let's so move on. boring. Yeah, no one cares about anyone else's love. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for you. So glad we're here to witness it. Yeah. Oh, especially if you're like a single person at a wedding and you're like, oh, this is now I'm horny for love. <laughs> then you end up having sex with one of the groomsmen in a bathroom. It's a hole. <laughs> or the parking lot. Who knows? You know? Uh, well, since uh, since since uh, this is a tell all about Jenny, the, <laughs> after I got divorced, I went into a friend's Uh-oh. wedding as a single yeah. woman. Dangerous, and I was perfectly fine throughout my divorce. Perfectly fine. Yeah, because I, I, you know I was ready for it. He was ready for it. Whatever. But I went to this wedding. Oh no! And for I was bowling uh, in a tournament in Reno, so I had to drive after wow. the wedding to Reno, and I had a friend that picked me up. So that I, or I went and picked him up so I didn't have to drive by myself. And <laughs> I left the wedding it sobbing in tears. Like oh, yeah. apparently my entire divorce and all of it just hit me that time. Like I'm like, I have to leave right now. Hugged my goodbyes. By the time I got into my car, sobbing. <laughs> I drove an hour and a half to Sacramento in tears, sobbing the whole time. Drove from Sacramento. Actually, he drove. I picked him up. I can't see anymore. Are you okay? And I'm like, fine. I'm just fine. And I cried all the way to Reno. That man's driving a car, and you're just like, "Ah," for an hour. Just, "Ah." 
was so I have never cried like that in my life. But it was just like something about it hits you. being at the wedding. I it mean, just smacked right in the face. It was just like, oh my God. Yeah. You, nothing makes me believe more. Like the people who are like super woo-woo, because I stay on the fence about everything and I'm a skeptic, but the people who talk constantly about how our energy and we're all Nothing makes me more like that's a hundred percent true than being at a wedding because you like feel that you're right. like oh god, <laughs> especially single you're like we're so happy. <laughs> you're just surrounded by their family and they're like who is this woman and you're like <laughs> it's not even a wedding you were invited to you just crashed <laughs> you're just a there. wedding I just come here to feel even not even the reception just the weddings you're like right. it's so beautiful I want to do that. <laughs> emotions <laughs> no i don't <laughs> i like i i don't like to cry yeah. but the way i feel after a good cry right is like getting high yeah like i'm like oh i needed to get that out yeah it's like your body's like thank fucking god yeah every when i when i do finally cry because it's very rare that it's i like do but it's like i've learned to just let it happen because the yeah. longer you fight it the resistance the more is what makes you want it. Yeah. The more you want to, the more your body wants to release, and yeah. the more you fight it, the harder it is. And then it just and then it, you explode. Yeah, it's just and this you're whole crying thing. on the way to a bowling tournament. <laughs> in you're Reno. crying for three hours in a car with a friend that's just driving, and uh, just like, is she gonna be okay? I no, I'm ever. not. I'm not okay. I'm never gonna be okay. I'm not gonna bowl well. <laughs> I'm out. Wake up the next morning. Yeah, I'm fine. What, what are you talking about? It yeah. never happened. No, it's crazy because like I, I feel like a lot of men don't cry like that. They never have good cries. Right. But it is like once you get it out. Yeah. Because you think it's going to be this lasting sadness. And then it's crazy if you really just allow, just go, I'm just going to fucking cry. Just let me do it. Yeah. When it's done, you're like, all right. Right. Back to getting done what I need to get done. You can snap back so easily. But I feel like people who haven't done that yet right. are like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Right, right. No, it's, it's good. It's healthy. Right, right. As well as like wearing all your nerves everywhere. So anytime anybody, it, it doesn't even have to be anything to touch you. It's just like they say hi and you're like, oh, but I just need to cry. Hold yeah, on. Yeah, the, thing, the things that have set me off where I'm like, oh, this has to be about something else. Right. I should drop a plate of my food and I'm like, ah! And I'm like, what? What is this? The whole world is coming to an end. I can't You're like, you had already eaten though. It was, yeah. you were walking the, to the garbage the can with it. plate break. Like, you're just like, it's, you, it just is, I can't explain it. <laughs> right? I was, uh, I was helping my daughter do homework one day and she's, she's eight. Or she was yeah. eight at the time, nine. And uh, she was just, everything was, and she's already a, a kind of more, she's more emotional than I am, but so is a pillow, uh, so. That's so funny. <laughs> so she's, uh, but she was just upset, and she was just, she's super smart, she's gifted, she's in the gate program. Yeah. And she was just like, I never finish anything. Oh, God. I was like, oh, oh. my God, you're nine. What is, and oh, then. I'm like, that's like me as a kid. It ah. occurred to me, I went, oh, my God, I know what this is. At eight years old, nine I, years old. I'm literally Googling, when does this happen? And they were like, as early as eight. I was like, there's no fucking way. There's no way. Dude, to have a, A, to be the parent of a kid who starts that shit that early. Yeah. But then also just, oh my, like the empathy of like, <laughs> oh, your youth right? like is tame. Like, I was like so <laughs> mad I got my period late because right. I, you know, it was a point where I was like, 
you hit like fucking 13 and you're almost like, it's cool. Right. It's not. You don't fucking know it's not. Wait as long as you, you can't Well, all it. your friends have it and, and they just feel like a weirdo. Cool. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I used a tampon. Like, Whoa. <laughs> oh, but like at eight. Oh, but now you use them for the rest of your life. Forever. Like yeah. you're never escaping that. And then just to think if you're a poor child. And when you like, do escape them, now you have to have pads because you're wet yourself because you're. Oh, sorry. Uh, and the embarrassment <laughs> and like you still don't know when it's going to come. And children are still figuring out their having to Having to postmates materials. Yeah, I literally <laughs> had to do that this week at the condo. Yeah. I literally, my period, I. Can you verify? Have your periods gotten worse as you got older? Um, I, mine haven't because I have none. Oh, now. you are using a, IUD, like IUD. Yes. Fuck! I swear to God, your if a woman's I known body. About this when I was thirteen. I mean, <laughs> left uncontrolled. Right, right. I swear to God, your body's like screaming at you for not having a baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. like, oh fuck you! We're right. releasing another egg, bitch. <laughs> like I literally couldn't get out of bed yesterday. I was like, I. I have a pretty high tolerance for pain, mm-hmm. too. And you just fucking get used to it as a woman, you know? All well, that especially because you have... Well, my rheumatoid arthritis, arthritis which has so, made yeah, me... Yeah, you're used to pain. Yeah, and it was just next level. Yeah. I've never... I've never been... I was sobbing. And, <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm in a condo. There's a male comic here. Like, God forbid he hears me just like... <laughs> just fucking... I took like a sad period shower just sitting on the floor. Like, ah. Oh. Fuck that. And then just to think of a poor young girl. And I just swear to God, like, gifted people. The reason that, like, so many, like, intelligent people struggle with mental health, it's because, like, fucking, as just even a reasonably smart person, mm-hmm. it is, like, there are a lot of dumb dogs <laughs> in the world, you know? And, like, yeah. having to interact on a daily basis and relate to people when your brain just works differently. Right. Like, you're, you're like, you're a smart person. It's And fucking working in any type of customer service, and you just have to be like, are you fucking kidding me with this shit? Right. Man, the stress of that already. You going like, I can't get anything done. I'm like, oh, that. That's a, that like triggered me because I'm like, I still haven't figured out how to stop crying over not getting things done. Like fucking people who can manage their stress. What a skill. Yeah. I know. I, I say if I could, if I could write a book about, um, a, Knowing your self-worth, like having, if I could teach self-esteem to women, I would love to do it. You should. But I don't, but But how how do you teach self-esteem? Yeah, because if you, like literally the lesson is you're worthy. Yeah. The end. And you read that and you go like. accept it. So I have, uh, I've written on the bathroom mirror in, in my house. My aunt was going through some things in a relationship and she was having this self-doubt and, you know, like... Dude, breakups in relationship shit can fuck yeah. your brain up. And she's staying in this relationship that, like, from the outside we see, not the best. You yeah. probably need some change. Yeah. So it's I, hard when you're in it, I though. have it written on a mirror. I put a heart, like, I estimated where her height would be because yeah. I'm way taller. But <laughs> So there's a heart that would be somewhat around her face and it says, you know... Um, you're worthy of love. There's love around you. Look, oh, no, I'm just gonna look cry. I'm on my period. <laughs> Find your favorite eggs if you've ever seen Runaway Bride. Oh shit, I haven't seen it in so long. Right, so I find- should watch it now as someone who has run away from several relationships. And <laughs> right, find something. your favorite eggs, which is basically don't make you a part of the relationship without knowing who you are yourself. Well, yeah, and- no, it's like because people will attach their identity mm-hmm. who they I are did it. to be. Oh, I'm same. I'm right. saying people. Yeah, I literally, I'm like. So well, you do s- it until you learn not to, because you know you wanna you want as you you 
try to please people. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, I can't fucking survive like this. <laughs> That's been a weird and- transition as a comedian hitting a point where like I can't be worried about pleasing people anymore and then being like I'm in a profession where it's my job to please people <laughs> fuck how right. do you because I have hit a point where I'm like a lot of times like I don't fucking care if you like me and I'm like yeah I can't go on stage right, and not right. care if they're I can I cannot care if they like me but it's, in a way it's freeing because I think starting out a lot of the material that most comedians write is I want everyone to love me mm-hmm. And you obviously want the whole crowd laughing. But the more you figure out your own voice and lean into that, the more it's going to be like, there's going to be people who love you and there's going to be people you're not for. And you just have to keep carving that out and let go of trying to, I mean, trying to please a crowd full of hundreds of people is like, good luck getting everyone on the same page. Right. Oh, for sure. There's always, especially like I I go dirty. I love dirty material. And it's like I I can work clean, but if, if I don't have to. Yeah. If I'm given the option that I can go dirty, I'm fucking going dirty. Yeah. Because that's how I am. Yeah. But it's like, there's going to be some people in the crowd that some people just immediately shut off. Like, dirty? Gross. And it's like, I don't need to, like, try to justify to you. Right. Trying to go, like, well, it's nuanced. Or you should. It's like, no, they're just, I've lost them. I don't think, I don't think dirty or clean matters to me as a consumer of comedy. Yeah. Uh, it's the honesty. Like, if uh, you're up there just owning your shit and saying your stuff, because I... That's my favorite shit. I don't like filthy female comedians who are just being filthy for fun. Yeah, or because they think it's, like, the shock value. Right. Oh, and you can see through it. Right. It pisses me off watching someone who is doing dirty material, and you can tell. You're like, this isn't who you are. Right. You don't do it. Well, like, I once on a... I heard Amy Schumer on a podcast interview or a radio interview like oh you know people want to say but but that's just an act i'm doing mm-hmm. when i was really early in she's like you know people call me a whore it's like these are just jokes i wrote that's right. not who i am and right. i was like oh fuck you you're like but i'm, a I'm real up there whore. burying my soul my disgusting just that th- i'm like <laughs> i hope that you're lying right now because right. what are you because to me it's just like yeah okay well if you don't like to be dirty find a way to make that funny mm-hmm. talk about how like Sex grosses you out, or right. like you're make being a prude funny because you can just tell when someone's being authentic, mm-hmm. you know. And there's plenty of very clean people that that's just how they are, right? And I love their shit, right? And I just go, like, That's great, right? Which is why I can't say I like clean comedy or I yeah. like this. No, I like honest comedy, yeah, authenticity. when it's you and your voice telling just, telling jokes and, and stories about things you've experienced yeah. and seen and observed. Just your raw experience is right. the best kind of comedy, regardless of if you're dirty or clean. I'm the same way. Well, I feel like you don't have to try as hard either. No. Like, if it's just real. It becomes natural. It becomes natural, yeah. Well, and then it's... You don't the, have to remember the lies that you're telling within your set to remember who you are or aren't supposed to be. Yeah. The performance is just better. There are people who I can watch and go like in theory that could be a good joke but it feels like you're reciting someone else's monologue right right i don't believe that you've actually done that no i can i can look at you and go you've never been there no like you you totally think you're too good for whatever you're saying in real life (laughs) like that's this is not who you are right right like skinny girls telling fat jokes uh i'm like i don't care if you used to be fat i mean because you probably weren't yeah, used to be fat as like twenty pounds <laughs> right. heavier, and you're like you're still a size six. That was a as thing. a fat girl. Let me tell you, that's not fat. <laughs> you're like you go fuck yourself. Well, there's I had to like figure out some stuff with self deprecation early on mm-hmm. because I had, well, I, and I still have it. Like the like a 
false perception of how I look and like because I was just I was raised in like an abusive like household with like a a mom who was like borderline and so she would like say like I like thought I was fat okay. because my mom was like getting chubby and like just her and it's uh, with mothers like that it's definitely like co- combination mental illness but their own insecurities mm-hmm. i think that's a big problem with a lot of moms with daughters is the line you walk is because kids will absorb what, mm-hmm. what their parents say to them and like mm-hmm. you can't project your insecurity onto a kid because right. that will stick with them forever right if you like you're worried that your arms are fat and now you're going get a little jiggly jess <laughs> and it's like yeah. and having to realize like oh that is not reality but still being like okay this is not what i look like that's not how anyone in the world perceives me right but then wrestling with i still i perceive myself as like ugly and hideous and having so many people go like you can't really make jokes about being ugly right and going like but i like feeling crazy because my perception's fucked up, but going like, but I don't see myself at, like, I literally look in the mirror and feel like, right. And people are like, yeah, that's insane. Right. Ah, and then having to go, well, how do I talk about, I mean, if I could figure out how to talk about that in a funny way. Yeah. Because I'm sure it's relatable to go like, I don't see what everyone else sees. Right. Relatable for people with terrible self-worth. This mirror at my house that, uh, that puts out this whole different uh, look that I have. I lived with someone for a while, a roommate who had like a mirror that was like the opposite of like a horrible front. Like it was like, like it made you look even like thinner. Okay. I was like, oh, if I (laughs) walk out of the house and look at this every day, I'm going to become a bitch. (laughs) But it is a weird, because you want to be honest, but then also anything visual or talking about physicalities, you have to, you have to be aware of how the audience perceives it. Right. Yeah. And learning that, learning that I couldn't just be like, I'm a fucking goblin all the time. It's funny how it will work in different places. As a places. cute little five foot two Yeah, because people are like, fuck hair. you. And I never want to say anything. I'm not saying anything for sympathy. Right. It's so funny when people will go, wow, you know, you're pretty self-deprecating. And I'm like, I don't, it's offensive that you call it self-deprecating. <laughs> I don't feel bad about it. I just think I have big teeth, like, right. <laughs> or whatever. It's like, I am not sad. It's just a reality. Yeah. But it is a weird, and so many girls do that. And I wonder how much is, like, media and fucking all in your head. But you see a lot of, like, especially women starting out, mm-hmm. just, I'm a slob. And it's like, you're objectively attractive. Right. And right. I'm not, I'm, I've done it. Like, it's so weird. But it's, it, it, self-esteem is such a weird thing. Oh, yeah. Like, I have, I have way more than I should. I'm not. No, but it's like, <laughs> everyone should have. It's right. Like, the thing is, it's right. like, it's okay for, someone can go like, yeah, I don't match up to like what fucking society has said is the hot girl. But like, I don't, that doesn't mean I can't, why couldn't I love myself? Right. I'm like a fucking. Right. But. But then there's people who are like, oh, then I shouldn't love myself because <laughs> society told me that's what's lovable. Right. And then other people who are fucking much wiser go like, society's fucking stupid. <laughs> and it's, I can. 100%. Logically, like, I think I love humanity. I hate society. Like, <laughs> if that makes that's sense. Funny. Where yeah. it's like, I love people, but like, just the social organization of them is like idiocy. Right. 
But then I still go, but I want to be the thing that people like. <laughs> or I go like, I'm not getting fucking Botox. And then I look around and I'm like, oh my God, everyone. Like, oh, you realizing in LA, like, oh, no oh, one yeah. is naturally pretty. Yeah. Like, oh, you've all just injected shit in your face. And me going, I don't care if I age. And then I started aging a little and I was like, oh, maybe I care. <laughs> I don't want to care. I swear if I lived anywhere else, I'd be like 20 pounds heavier and like 100% happier. <laughs> <laughs> Because you're inundated. That's like so sad. I know. Well, no, it's like I am so much more emotionally healthy. I think that's why I like the road. The more yeah. I'm out of L.A. because – and it's not just physical stuff. It's that in L.A., everyone – there's so many people comparing their careers. And I don't like to do that. It's a yeah. journey. It's different for everybody. Right. I don't even want all the things that people want. Like, right. I just love making people laugh. And then all of a sudden I'm in L.A. and I'm like, well, yeah, why, why don't I have a sitcom? I don't give a fuck about a sitcom. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even care about like – television stuff which would obviously like i'm trying to work toward it now because i'm like all right let me fucking try to get the the good five minute clean set i like to submit to the late because it'll all help the booking i know that more people will come if they know me right but i i start comparing myself on things i don't give a shit about oh reality tv i would kill myself If I was on reality TV, but I'm like, well, it's, it's working out for that person. Oh, I think I think being on reality TV would be terrible. No, I can't. It just seems like we when I first took over laughs ten years ago. Yeah, somebody contacted us and was like, we want to do a reality TV. I was like, never. That oh, sounds no. awful. Having people no. Although now, because then I would have to worry about people's perception because it would affect the business. Yeah. I'm like, and not just, you know, while I'm at the business, but like how long, how far would you follow me? And then you would see my little side comments in my face when things are happening. And, and I don't want everybody to see that. The internet is mean. Yeah. I am well, people are so judgmental. Oh, it's like, like sitting the on their couch doing here. nothing, right. by the way. <laughs> right. I am now friends with someone who's on a reality series because the guy I'm dating is friends with, like, best friends with the guy who started dating her. And she's... Really, like, cool and normal and down-to-earth. Plays, like, a bit of a crazy version of herself on TV. But just looking at the comments people leave on her Instagram. Right. I honestly don't know if I could deal with it. I don't – sometimes I wonder if I've, like, stunted myself. Like, actively, like, pushed away opportunities. Because I'm like, I don't know if I have the emotional fortitude. To be taken down by internet comments. Who does? Like, comedians will get a TV thing like, (laughs) this comment. Whoa, what an asshole. And I'm like – you have to be sitting in your house sobbing, right? Like you're well, like, and they, and 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 the people that are making these comments, they're making comments based on one post, one picture, one like they don't know they anything about you, you. Yeah, it's this one thing. Uh, perfect example: uh, co- local comic. He's uh, from Manteca, Modesto area. Chris Shera. Hugh. He has a deaf dog. And loves this dog to death. Like, he takes the dog with him everywhere, but he talks shit about the dog. He's like, oh, this little shit, you know. Yeah, dog doesn't know. <laughs> love it, right, exactly. He can't hear me. What's, who cares what his name is? He doesn't know. <laughs> Call him a different name every day. And so he makes jokes about it, but he clearly. Is obsessed with his dog. Clearly loves this dog. And he works on a farm. Well, th- th- yesterday this <gasps> dog, like, jumped into the manure pit. And so he's, like, making jokes about this dog. And he's like, well, he's sleeping outside tonight because I'm not bringing this manure dog into my house. And it's completely a joke. Yeah. And somebody private messages him. And he's like, you're a terrible person. And and you don't <laughs> care about animals and da, 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 whatever. And, he, of course, he's a comic. So he turns it into a joke. Of course. And blasts it on his Facebook. <laughs> and he's like, this person thinks I'm a terrible person. And here, her spelling is incorrect. So she's not. But, yeah. you know, it turns it into a joke. But. 
to sum up this one picture like are you gonna let your manure dog sleep with you tonight yeah it's like obviously obviously i'm gonna take care of him he's already cleaned the dog off and handled it and yeah and then haha it was funny and i posted it on facebook yeah but people well that's the culture too on the internet now yeah you look at you i mean cancel culture is real where it's like let's look at one tiny thing and don't get me wrong there are some people who need to be i mean fucking the cosbys of the world absolutely <laughs> right, like right, right. fuck you but people will see one little thing you know one you know inappropriate tweet right and they just this person should just die and never be able to have a job right and it's like okay but what about all the money they give to charity or right. what about like the fact that they do this or that or like are actually a good person who or just- they said one thing that you took out of context oh so often right because they were having a conversation with a friend who got the inside joke that you weren't involved in yes it's fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. Although lately I do think of, like, what if I tried to get on reality TV but 100% as, like, a crazy character? <laughs> just as, like, a fun, but mostly just for just, like, how weird can I get? And have like, people- your stage presence <laughs> on a on a reality TV, it would be hilarious. Yeah, where it's almost like, I bet I, if I could get on the right show, I could probably dramatically increase my audience right. by just being, like, yeah, well, like, <laughs> but then you have that percentage of people in the world who think that's, that's who, you, who are. you are. And you, well, I mean, like, the I, I mean, and obviously that would just be a heightened character. But then there's people like who have to go as far as like Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, sorry, I'm you're fine. Boogery. I'm like, hang on, <laughs> give me one second. It's about to get ugly. We can pause. It works. Oh, fuck. So yeah, it would be a heightened. Yeah, but then it's like that's what people will expect. Yeah. And then I feel like with well, and, and running into you on the streets, that who that's who they you, yeah, they they're gonna be are. like, there's that maniac. Right. I would never want to be famous. I don't want anybody to know who I am, where they can just walk up to me and be comfortable and think that I'm they're that. well. And then people feel like they're your. I'm already, and I love it. I love that people enjoy my work, and I am very appreciative when people come up after shows. Oh, I loved it, but there is this. I get like anxious, mm-hmm. and there is this sort of feeling people have when they watch you do comedy. And I'm sure it's heightened when they're seeing you regularly on a TV series, especially reality TV where it at least seems right. like reality, yes. yeah. where they feel like they really know you. Yeah. And like, even with podcasts, it's like they feel like they're your best friend, but you don't fucking know this person. Right. And they're just like, oh man, how are you? And you're like, hey, like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> Thank you. And I am so appreciative. Yeah. Anytime someone's like, when someone comes to a show and like, oh, I listen to your podcast, that's mind-blowing to me right. and it's been happening like more and more and i'm like whoa it's it's working you yeah. know but i'm like okay and then it's like <laughs> they probably want this like maniac the amount of girls are like i feel like we'd be best friends i'm like oh, probably i feel like not. i'd really let you down because because i have don't get me wrong like all of my material comes from a very real place but i have dramatically calmed down mm-hmm. and it, it it is like uh you know, the energy is just higher on stage. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you give me a couple iced coffees and that's how I am. <laughs> but like, you're the not going to... day gonna, to day. Yeah. Exactly. You're not going to get that all day, every day. Yeah. Like, I'm going to really bum you out. And I'm like, I'm just going to do some light reading. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going to sit and read while you podcast. Well, it's like, and then did I have to... I know, I was sitting at the table. They tried to podcast the... I don't know what episode it'll be in <laughs> with order. Mikey but with Mikey Shack. With Mikey Shack. We're both in the condo. And I was like, well, I'll just sit here. And I pulled out a book. And Mike's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> he was like offended by my reading. And I'm like, you're right. I'm, it is weird if I'm sitting here. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say that. But in retrospect, I was like, all right. 
a little weird to just be reading the artist way like a douchebag. It's like how to be an artist as you guys are podcasting and I'm like looking at it upside down like hmm, interesting. Fuck. What do you think this Rorschaching plot means? Dad. Yeah. Well, and it's just because also on stage, I'm a very physical comedian. I'm loud. I bring all my energy to, I try to at least yeah. to my performances and like, I can't sustain that no, all day. Can? I would drop dead. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think it, you know, I have to, like, if I don't exercise regularly, which I haven't been, or like doing just the weird, the self-care, try to journal and shit, like, I do get that. I have a lot of energy in it. I fucking go crazy. So, I mean, I could definitely become that person. It's funny until you see both sides of a comedian. Oh. That the person you see on stage is not necessarily the person you see off stage. Sometimes yeah. it's closer than others, yeah. but a lot of times it's like super Night opposite. Yeah. I had I had one comic he was headlining and he was super quiet. And I was like, I had to ask him, I was like, are you quiet because you're uncomfortable because it's a new place? You know, or is this just how you are? Or is this just how you are? And he goes, No, this is how I am. It's just that's I like so... quiet. I was like, what? You're well, so energetic on stage. Well, that's so funny, too, because it's like, I'm similar to how I am on stage in the right mood. Right. But my fucking, especially ever since I like got like rheumatoid arthritis, I'll just get hit with like fatigue. Mm-hmm. But when people are like very quiet off stage, all like with everyone. Yeah. It's it's just so fascinating to me because I'm like, oh, this is just like a performance. For right. You. Right. Like you can't like. And, to, and which is great. It's cool to me. But I'm like, oh, man, I'm not the same. <laughs> but I can totally understand it because I'm way Absolutely. more social at work. You know, like I'm talking to customers. I'm letting them in. I'm it's joking. Like the I'm job. Blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, if I get a day off, there's nothing I'd rather do than sit in silence with oh. no one around me. I mean, especially and any field. Quiet. Yeah. <laughs> any field where you have to, like, give all your energy. You're yeah. just like, I just want to sit down. <laughs> because even though it's like. Of like from an outside perspective, it's like, what are you working like an hour a day? <laughs> it's like, first of all, that's a fucking shit ton of energy right. that goes out in that hour, and then also, there's way more to the behind the scenes. But it's yeah. like, right, you're on stage for you're, an hour, but yeah. you're having to write and try new material and get up at mics and yeah, be seen by industry and do festivals and and just be around, be friendly, right. get to know everyone because right, that's be half professional, the keep keep in contact with people that you're never in contact with because you're never at home. Like if you're a road comic, yes. yeah, so you just have to maintain like- relationships from afar, which is a hundred times harder than you know going out to coffee with Susan every Tuesday. Yes, it's yeah. so it's. I mean, and it goes back to that thing I was saying about like like actual energy, but you really do like when you're surrounded by people. There is something about like absorbing i mean i'm saying there's something i'm 100 percent an empath yes i live in la and that's such a woo thing to say but i like i honestly think there's something tied to that and like autoimmune dis- disorders mm-hmm. but like i i absorb people's energy very easily mm-hmm. which like i can feel when i'm on stage and it's going well it's like this weird like orchestra of energy which sounds so fucking stupid <laughs> But it is like when you're doing that constantly as part of your career or just in a facet of your life, it is like, oh, I don't have to do that. Actually, now I want to fucking try to relax, Mm -hmm. which is new for me. I don't know how to relax still, but it's like only in the last few years have I, and it was going on the road is what actually made me realize how beneficial being alone 
is. Well, there's so much downtime when you're on the road. Yeah. Well, I do a lot of, I mean, I I didn't do in the last two years, but starting out, it was a lot of back to back. I would stack summer tours because I'm not a big name. So it's like, I'm getting the weeks where it's a little slower. And like a lot of that's like summertime and and I'm fine with that. So I would just stack things and head out. Yeah. And then I'm doing these long drives between. And I would have thought I would hate it. Yeah. Because I was always af- – like I was almost afraid of being alone because my brain just goes yeah. dark real quick. <laughs> what will happen? Yeah. It's like where am I going to go? The monsters will come out. Right? And then coming back from the road and having to like readjust to LA and being out and socializing, I was like, oh, father, I hate – it. I have to like ease myself into it because you get used to being alone and it's just you and your energy and then all of a sudden you're getting everyone else's shit. Right. And I was like, oh, wow. I never realized how much I was taking on from other people till I fucking got away from all of them. (laughs) Till you detoxed from other people's energies? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's funny is so many people starting out, they're like, you know, like the road's fun for a little while, but you're going to get sick of it. And I'm like, I, I love it. Like, sometimes the traveling is a little exhausting mm-hmm. when you're going back to back to back. But I'm like, oh, I love fucking – like, it gets lonely. I'm like, I love being alone in a condo just doing nothing. Right. Because it's – in L.A., I feel obligated to, like, got to do something, got to keep moving. And then, I don't know. I really went on a spiral there. It's I had three right. shots in my coffee. Well, the, it's the, the quiet is – unbearable for podcasts uh, oh well, <laughs> but yeah the quiet is. Why we're not quiet <laughs> no but but the downtime it's it's necessary it's a reset it's yeah you a, have to it's recharge a complete reta- yeah and i embrace it i love it i'm like oh i'm an introvert really yeah. i thought forever. you wouldn't think but i love it yeah i didn't know i loved it i yeah. thought for years that i was like an extreme extrovert hmm. and then the more i think about it because i mean not to be a bummer, but like, oh, there's definitely a lot of my childhood that is suppressed, and it's because my brain's like, we don't need to revisit that. Right, yeah. We'll just tuck that away. But I was, there was like, t- I was like a weird stay in my room kind of kid a lot of the time. Yeah. Just like, let my imagination run wild. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, you just stop doing that as an adult. A lot of people tuck that away. And it's, well, you get bogged down with responsibilities and, and social obligations and, you know, if you don't if you don't go out with and Susan and, and Mark and yeah. everybody wants to, you know, people just are, a little bit of your time, something going on every day. Yes. And so it's like, oh, and I have to do that and I have to do that. And if I don't do this one, then they'll get mad because I did this with that person. And yeah, it's like once you once you release the expectations of other people. Oh, I'm not there yet. I'm like. I'm horny for it. I'm I'm getting there. I've gotten better at being like, actually, I don't need to have coffee so you can pick my brain. Right. Like, no. Right. Do you want to send me some questions via email? I can tell you what I know. (laughs) It's it's like, I'm not trying to hoard the information, but I don't need you to take two hours of my day. Right. That I'm like not giving to myself already. Mm -hmm. (sighs) And here we we are doing an hour podcast. I know. Uh And then after this, I'm going to do one with Mike. I'm like, can I podcast with you? My calendar next week is like stacked. I'm like, I gotta hit the ground running. It's fucking. Uh. And at the end of the week, you're gonna be like, when do I get downtime? I'm again? like, I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's, I'm so like workaholic. I'm not type A though. It's yeah. just like a coping mechanism. Yeah. I'm not good at it. I'm not right. efficient. Well, with type it. A is is being in charge yeah. in situations other than with yourself. Yeah. Like I'm type A. I can't sit back and watch. 
a circus happen without a without somebody taking control. Yeah, it's so funny because I'm so like it ends up being me, and I'm like I don't want to though. <laughs> it was it was funny when I told you that I'm a part of my daughter's PTC. It's like yeah. PT on steroids or whatever. When her <laughs> when I told her father, I was like, yeah, they talked me into being the treasurer, but I'm not going to volunteer for anything. I'm yeah. just going to handle the money and uh-huh. do all that. And the old treasurer told me she goes, don't volunteer because being the treasurer is job enough. Like you don't have to do anything extra and i told him i said listen i work nights i'm not going to be at events da, 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 whatever yeah yeah so now i've taken over the ptc <laughs> i'm just like wait a minute how did this happen and he laughed jeff laughed jc laughed because he was like yeah there's no way you're not like yeah. you can't just you can't do it i'm like you're right well when people are doing things and it's not efficient yeah it's a drain on my life i don't know why but- maybe i am today <laughs> It's like, maybe that's just why I prefer to work alone because I, it's like, I, maybe you're just not around enough groups. I know. Well, it's one of those things where like, I don't know what the solution is, but you're doing it wrong for sure. <laughs> and it's like, ah, uh, I just, oh, when you see something and go, this is the least efficient way. Do you jump in and try to help? I mean, okay, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, that mine's not a maybe. Yeah. Mine's, I have to have an internal well, fight going. It's not, yeah, no, not your rodeo, not your clowns. Not yeah. your rodeo, not your clowns. Not your rodeo, <laughs> so not your funny. clowns. Yeah, because my instinct is, I'll, I'll just do it. Right. But then I get resentful that I'm doing it. And then, <laughs> well, and it's also just like, a, I think a lot of mine is a trust thing that I just don't think anyone will. Well, nobody can do it as better, as well as you can. But it's like, there's shit. Like with my podcast and the editing, I know I'm not good at it. <laughs> but it's it's like... I just I I I'm sure there's also very psychological subconscious shit to why I don't want to trust anyone with my stuff. But right. like, I don't know. That's the good thing about comedy is like I'm like, well, it's you know, obviously other people have to book me and whatever. But it's like I'm in a certain amount of control, right. and I don't have to answer to anyone for my material. Right, right, right. But also half the reason is is because I'll get codependent to the point that I'm like, well, what do you think? <laughs> and then it's like I'll I'll find myself like. The other day, I asked my boyfriend. I was writing a tweet, and I was like, "Do you think this is funny?" And he's like, "I love you so much. Don't ask me <laughs> if I think anything's funny because I think you're so funny." He's like, first of all, I'm not a comedian, right? I think you're so funny. I'm gonna love everything you do." Right. It was actually very sweet. That's sweet. Okay. And he, That's you know, not where I thought it was going. <laughs> no, but I was like, "Yeah, why am I asking?" It's the same as I've had moments where I ask, and I haven't done this in a few years because I it hit me, and I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Asking career advice from people who aren't any further along than me. You don't have the career I want. Why am I getting your fucking opinion? Right. Fashion advice from someone who like, do you like this outfit? And I I don't think they dress well. I'm like, you wear flannels every day. I don't give a fuck what you think about my weird coat. Right. But it's just a weird habit of like, it's that people pleasing. Uh-huh. Am I doing okay? I need the, need the verification that somebody, well, somebody else said it's fine. So it yeah. has to be fine. I know. Well, and also I have this thing of like, being so worried about coming off as crazy that I'm like, is this too crazy? And a lot of times it'll be like a very normal thing. And people are like, no, right. No, that's a very normal thing. Yeah. That's why I need to find a new therapist. (laughs) I got ghosted by my therapist. Did you? Well, he's really old. I think he's dead. Oh shit! And he was like a one man shop. So there's no like secretary to call, call his appointment. Yeah. Cause I never, like it was fairly new and I'd never said anything completely insane to him. And he was very much like, 
supportive and it's a little bit insane that you imply that you pulled back from your therapist no i'm pretty sure that you well no it was like things where i would say things it was that same thing of being like i don't know because i always reflect on like falling apart or like if i have a fallout with someone which doesn't happen very often my instinct is to go what am i doing like because because a self-worth right but then it's so easy to go well it's fucking if they didn't act like this and it's like okay how often is anything one-sided right the blame game is way really easy game to play and i've learned that enough to know like all right let's really look at how i acted yeah and there was just enough situations with him where he'd go no actually like it's pretty normal and like you didn't do anything wrong and just that verification of like the you're not crazy which is what your fear is and then you just fucking didn't show up one day and like He's in an office with other people, but, uh-huh. like, his name was, like, they they slide their names in yeah. when they're in. And I was like, oh, is he not in? And the lady was like, oh, yeah, no, he's not. But that's all she said. And I was like, <laughs> it was just another therapist who rents an office in the same building. And I was like, okay. okay. I mean, if anyone's concerned, I have an appointment next week with a new, th- with a new place. So don't, <laughs> don't worry. When and I was like, did I just get ghosted by a therapist? That's but like, then I really was like, because I sent him an email, just like, just want to make sure you're crazy. okay. And I left a message just to be like, hey, you know, whatever, I'm back. Because also I go out of town a lot. But nothing. Which I think is probably ethically a thing a therapist doesn't do. If right. You're a decent therapist. Right. You have to figure this so out. So now I'm like, him, yeah. I mean, the last appointment I saw him, he came in late and was like limping. He's like, oh, my back. And he's very old. From yeah. the time I sat down with him, I was like, well, this is going to be a problem eventually. <laughs> Like, he's going to die. I have abandonment issues. I should get out of this now. <laughs> uh, Eddie Pepitone. You can't write this shit. I mean, truly. I saw Eddie Pepitone on stage, like, months ago go, uh, my therapist committed suicide. So I win! <laughs> and I was like, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but, I was like, but, like, realistically, I was like, oh, God, my therapist. <laughs> and it's literally... I mean, they serve a lot of purpose. For me, it's just, let me spew all the things at you that aren't that crazy, that will right. overload people. Right. Which is why I do podcasts. Now. There are there are people that I know that I can say things to that I don't say to other people. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, let me talk to you because I know I can be my real self and you've already um, proven that you're not going to judge me for yes. it. Yes. So let me say some things. What a relief. You know what's crazy? Not crazy. I have people like that, but I still am like, I don't want to bother. <laughs> like, and that is where. That My is, people like that are entertained by the things that I so, say. No, like the people I have are like, they like, they're like, it's fine. I love it. But like, I think that is really a big, uh, I don't want to say problem area, but like, I think that's a big thing probably with people with mental health that end up like committing suicide mm-hmm. is like. Because if anyone ever, anytime someone commits suicide, yeah, everyone's like, I'm always here for people to reach out. And it's like, yeah, but you don't reach out. Right. Because like, you're like. The people with mental health aren't going to reach out. Like, I, I, I can't. You're like, you're, you're standing on the edge of the cliff going, just reach. Yeah. You no, know, you have to grab them. Yeah. It's like, no, you have to like hoist them up right. and be like, knock it off. <laughs> reach out, even though you won't. Like, right. I honestly think so much like suicide prevention or intervention is, I would say like, and it's morbid, but like 90% of it is just dev- like lucky timing. Yeah. You just happen to call that person. Yeah. And, or like you know walk in or what or you know what i mean like yeah i've be- done that actually i was that person 
oh. that I um I had a family friend <laughs> I had a family I friend <laughs> and um I I just was really appreciative of him and just it was like, you know what, I'm gonna say something nice and I sent him a letter. This yeah. was back in the days of letter writing. I was like, what's what And is I mailed it to him the letter with a, a stamp. <laughs> And uh, it was just like, you know, you've always been here for the fam- for my family, and I really love you, and, you know, just appreciate everything you've always done, and you're just a great person and whatever. And um, months later, I got this voicemail, and this is like a larger-than-life person to me. Yeah. Like, like this – he was Paul Bunyan in my world. Like, nothing would crack him ever. Yeah. And That's this the scary part. voicemail, he is crying. Oh. And I was like heartbroken immediately. Of like, course. And he was like, I just wanted to let you know that I got your letter and that it meant so much to me. And I was really in a dark place. And um, I had gone up to the Forest Hill Bridge and had oh. considered, you know, just ending it all, blah, blah, whatever. And it just meant so much to me that to know that I really do matter. And he framed the letter and put it on his bedroom wall. I mean, honestly, that's a good thing to do, especially if you struggle with yeah. So, so you can look and go, I'm there's someone out there I can call. It's just like a visual reminder, right? Right. Oh. And so anytime I and I and I just remember that. And this was, this was 20 years ago. I was, oh my God. I mean, I was early 20s. Okay, so it was like 15 years ago. I was, but I was <laughs> at the time I didn't realize that just sending a nice message so now anytime i think of somebody and, you and i instinct. haven't talked to them in a while or you know whatever i just just want to be like you know what i haven't talked to you in a while and i just want to say hey and tell you how much i like you and we're cool and whatever and i'm less hesitant to do it God. because you never really know how well placed the message is even though absolutely so i'm less hesitant to do, hesitant to do it now i'll I just send a be- message I want to be better at it. I've definitely gotten better, but I mean, there is definitely things I look back and I'm like, why didn't I call them when I felt like I should call them? But yeah, because you do have those moments of, I wonder how that person's doing. And a lot of times it's easy to just go like, oh, well. Right. <laughs> right. Well, especially with social media. Yeah. You know, you can just be like, well, they're. They seem nope. to be well. They posted a dog video yesterday. They must yeah, be fine. They're probably fine. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, ah, I don't want to annoy them right. by calling. That's <laughs> I always think anything I do is going to annoy everyone. Yeah. So then I just won't call anyone. Yeah. But anytime I have, or like anytime someone's randomly called me to catch up, I never leave the like conversation being like, ugh, what <laughs> right. a dumb idea. Right. You know, it's always like, that was nice. Right. But you just forget. And right. then, especially like, I try to keep it more in mind with comedians because we're such a volatile species of like. True story. And it, there really is something to like some of the people who seem the most happy i mean the happier a comedian is on stage sometimes i'm like man what are their dark days like yeah i I didn't know until i started becoming friends with comedians the the mental health oh yeah that comes in this business yeah and then um i had a, a comedian friend show me a video um from the moth anthony griffith oh and I mean, still, if I watch it today, it'll still just be like so, oh, it hurts my heart so much. But it's, but that's comedy. Yeah. 
Like, it doesn't matter what you're going through off stage. You get up, and if anybody wants to look it up or watch it, it's Anthony Griffith on The Moth. I'm going to watch it now because I don't know if I've seen that one. Oh, and he talks about going on The Tonight Show and his daughter His daughter. Is battling. His daughter. Oh, no, no, no. I yeah. had That's like the, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His daughter's battling an illness and... And so, but he gets up and he's on the Tonight Show. He's living this dream and a nightmare at the same time. And and it's Ugh. true in comedy. Like the it's, comics are going through relationship problems and and not having money and living in their cars. Well, yeah, because it's like you have to get so far. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be doing so well in comedy to real like to be financially stable. Right. It's like people who you think. Because the outside perception is like, oh, you must have – you do one TV thing and most people are like, well, you must be rich, you know? And it's <laughs> right. like, no, I mean, like, if you're lucky you were able to pay off a debt or, like, you're like, okay, I have rent for next month right? with one thing. But it's like, yeah, no, it's a long struggle. Mm-hmm. People right. are living in their cars. And, and like, as a good comedian, yeah, an audience doesn't see the struggle. No. They're just entertained and they're like, oh, you live this magical life. Where everything is laughter and rainbows. Yeah, and you're like... And really, when you get to start getting to know comics... It's dark. It's very much the opposite. Like, they are the sad clowns. Well, yeah, and it's like... Although, it comes with the territory because, like, for a living, you're picking apart Mm -hmm. everything. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? To come up with materials. So you see all the horrible sides of things. And, like, how do I make this funny? Right. Or, like... You know, you can take something that seems mundane and then the longer you spiral down thinking about it, it always like turns into this nihilistic, like, (laughs) oh, crap. So it is hard, but it's like, you know, you have to clock in. Mm -hmm. It's it's the same as doing any other job. It's like, well, turn it on. It's this, especially when you hit the point where like that's what's paying your bills. You like how to power through. I mean, there's been times I have literally been like, I also like my mental health is... you know it's a struggle so it's i don't know i guess that's every comedian probably but like (laughs) there have been times where i've been like just just like a week ago i was sobbing Mm -hmm. on the way to a show like uncontrollably Mm -hmm. just like felt just emotional overwhelm and it was like the end of the year and this whole like I didn't do the things I thought I was going to do right. and like all these I took a lot of creative risks and start and tried these kind of like innovative things with like live stream and it, it's cool that I tried it they were cool concepts and they didn't really like work out and whatever and it was just one of those things where like I, did, I at the time it was crazy because two days before I had just done a live reading of the musical I wrote with a friend okay. like I wrote a whole fucking musical yeah and it the live reading went well and it was like I was so energized about like this has legs like yeah. this could really be something and then within a day I was like I've done nothing <laughs> like we wrote a whole music like that's a huge thing and right. I was just like I've done I, I was at, parked my car walking and I had to like stop on the sidewalk because I couldn't stop crying yeah and it was like I don't, I don't know if I can go to the show yeah and then I just kind of like pulled myself together walked in and like had a great set but it's like insane that uh-huh. you could just be i've gone on stage with like boogers on my sleeve because i was like <laughs> having like a breakdown and yeah. then still had a great set mm-hmm. i've had i had a comic his girlfriend broke up with him uh within five minutes of him going on stage and having to do 45 minutes my God. and your relationship's now over i had uh, uh. isaac allen uh, his, uh yeah sweet. He, I love he was at the at the club like the week after his, his marriage 
ended Whoa. and he was like oh my my wife just left and then you know me being the super supportive person i am i made a joke about it i high-fived him and he's like what are you doing i'm like no divorces happen for a reason it's going to be a good thing and like months later he was like seems- oh my god you're right and i was yeah. like i know it's just you can't see it at the time but he still got up and performed five shows and was funny and he's like emotionally off stage he was just like my life is over it's you crazy know? you can like walk right behind the curtain or yeah. you know the door or whatever and immediately just fucking crumble Mm -hmm. it's fucking it's crazy yeah trying to do show especially like a breakup when you really love somebody yeah boy i went nuts with my last breakup really and it was like the crazy thing was is that like i knew it was coming to an end like it was just at that point where it kind of was like done but he pulled the plug first and Mm -hmm. it was like it was a it's a weird thing to like still love someone but not because the person i had a relationship with in retrospect, it's like, oh, we should have just stayed, like, really good friends. Yeah. And because we had this connection, we both had the logic of, well, what, I guess that you, if I love you this much, <laughs> right, like this we get in a relationship. Step, obviously. Yeah, it's like we hooked up, so I guess we get together. And it's like, that wasn't the solution at all. Right. But I was fucked up. Yeah. And the day after my breakup, Ari Shafir released the podcast interview he had with me where I talked about a suicide attempt mm-hmm. so the day after my breakup i'm just getting a, t- a slew of strangers oh that was great don't kill yourself and i was like this is fucking hilarious but then i also did get a cool very unique like one woman show that i took to edinburgh yeah. from that because i went i went full eat pray love lunatic mm. i did a 10-day silent meditation okay me that's weird silent for 10 I can't days imagine. yeah no no one could right and it ended up being this cool thing and it was very healing and i learned a lot but like yeah, we're just it's hard it's hard to like examine society and not be emotional and bleak and especially if you do stuff where the more I try to get I try to get more and more personal and talk about my life and make it funny, but it's like, yeah, I'm like picking apart trauma. Right. And every time you make even if you're making jokes about it, they say all the stuff I've read on research, it's like, but you are reliving that a little bit mm-hmm. every time I make every time I make a joke about my dad leaving, even though on stage I'm not going, Dad. Mm-hmm. there's something they say something in your memory there's triggers and right. fucking all that shit right it's yeah. crazy talking about it is i mean even though you're not actively reliving it it's still keeping it keeping it's it keeping present. that story alive yeah. it's like in reality if i wasn't making jokes about it because there is a part of me that wants to make maybe just don't talk just let it go right because i'm like i think i could totally heal if i stop making jokes but then i'm like this is the stuff people really like right. people are like wow and right I mean, it's shitty, but that's the stuff that, like, with industry, they're like, you got to talk more about your life. This is unique. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. You have to relive drama on stage yeah. for an hour every night. For our entertainment. Good luck. Right. Get out there and talk about how right. sad you are, but laugh at it. No, I can't it. imagine how uh, how movie stars and people don't uh, or kill themselves. Really? Oh, and then that's the other thing, too, is when another comedian commits suicide, yeah. it's like, oh, fuck, they couldn't make it. Like, the Brody shit what shook me. Oh, yeah. Like... Brody Stevens, right? And Brody was always... Like, everyone knew that Brody was, like, emotionally... You know? I mean, I think Ian Edwards posted about it. And, God, I hope I don't start crying right now. But, like, afterwards. And it was, like, the most on point, poetically said. Because, like, Brody struggled so hard with his mental health. And, oh, God, I'm going to cry. Oh, no! (laughs) No, I'm not! Damn it! Period. Um... (laughs) Ian did a post and he's like, he was like, I know how hard it was for you. Oh God. And he's like, thanks for staying with us as long as you could. And oh, I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, I melted. But like, 
shit, I'm crying. I'm such a pussy. <laughs> no, but you just go like, oh, fuck. Because uh-huh. that's like, I loved Brody. And then watching people, because Brody like was just kind of weird and like did his own thing and was a little, like just had like a bit of like a, almost an intimidating presence, I think, to a lot of people. But I just loved him. And then watching other people love him made me like, oh, it's okay to just like be myself. Yeah. And that was, oh, and then like, I did his podcast like a week before mm-hmm. and on the podcast, I was like, man, I'm worried about you. Yeah. And like, and just being like, because there's nothing you can do. No, I'm I'm no. of the firm, unfortunate belief that like, there's nothing you can do. Right. Like, that's. Well, you can't love somebody to health. No, you can't. And yeah. it's just like, especially when someone, because I think for most people who get suicidal, I, I mean, maybe not most people, but I think uh, for a lot of people who struggle with like, especially anything that's kind of like bipolar where their emotions bounce a lot, yeah. it comes on quick. Yeah. Like it's not a thing they're stewing about for years or just, it's not even that anything's going wrong. You just have this like overwhelm of emotions and you want to shut it off. Right. That's what somebody just said to me once. want the pain to stop. Yeah. That it's like, I don't want to stop living. I just want to stop feeling like this and I don't know how. Yeah. And it's like, I, I think it probably can happen with chronic physical pain too, mm-hmm. that you're just like. I don't care if I'm dead. I cannot fucking stand this anymore. We're gonna we're gonna lighten this up with a, a yeah, really no. stupid story of mine. Because Thank God, because I am taking it really dark. Jesus. No, I'm sorry. No, no. I uh, sorry if anyone's triggered. <laughs> yeah, really. Trigger don't forget warnings. to reach out. We uh, yeah yeah right. <laughs> we're like no one does. We uh, right. no. I I had hurt my ankle and I was non weight bearing, so I wasn't at the club. I wasn't working. I was uh, I couldn't drive. Like I'm trapped. I live in Rockland, <laughs> which nobody goes to. Yeah, no one's hanging out so, here, and I'm literally laying in bed one day and I have pictures of my daughter and I on my wall and I'm like my thought in my head was this must be what it's like to be terminal (laughs) you had a fucking and like I was it was literally like get the fuck up you're so stupid get out you are just get up you're get go do something I don't know needlepoint find something to do that you cannot relate to a terminal person get (laughs) it over yourself but we all do that but you have yeah when you have that thought for a second and me I can I just I was like you're dumb get up you immediately snapped out of it but when you can't snap out of it because sometimes when that's where your reality is and there's not a there's not a button you can push that says, all right, and now I'm better. Yeah, just, oh, I'm having the dark thoughts button. <laughs> yeah, let me turn those off. Do you know what helped a little was that 10-day silent meditation, just learning about meditation. Yeah. And then because the whole it's, – it's a vipassana. So it's like a course where they're teaching about this type of meditation. <clears throat> and the whole gist of it is everything passes. Right. So even though – that has never helped even knowing that. It's still like, I still feel like such shit. Right. I've noticed if I am regularly meditating, just even like five minutes a day, which I've for sure fallen off on. Right. But like, it's it's easier for me to go, hey, this isn't, I'm not going to feel this way forever. There's actually a line in a, I, I've quoted this on so many podcasts, but like in a Dirk Bentley song, because I like country. Uh-huh. Uh, but he goes, I still go crazy. I just don't stay there as long. Right. And I'm like, that's fucking, yeah. yeah. When you can, when you're able to more quickly, and I do think something about meditating kind of builds that pathway in you to go, oh, this is just a feeling. This isn't going to last. Right. It, it helps. Right. But. Well, and I, and I, I and it identify is funny. with that, especially because, you know, like they say, say females are crazy because they do, do, do these crazy things and have these crazy thoughts. And it's like. Okay, I'm, it's not that I'm not crazy myself. Like, I have that thought. 
I just have the wherewithal to dismiss it. Like yeah. I get in a plane. That's a and skill. I go, this is insane. We're a fl- a tube flying through the air, and it's not that I'm not afraid of flying. I mean, the plane could go down. I don't know, but I've already committed to being here. It doesn't help for me to just freak out the entire time I'm here. Yeah. It's not that I've never imagined a plane crashing while I'm on it or turbulence is too thick. Every time I fall asleep. If I fall asleep on a plane, I have a dream about it crashing. (laughs) A vivid dream. I'm like, why? Every time. It's insane. Right. But, but I have the, I have the mechanism, the coping mechanism to, to dismiss that thought and go, okay, that's not, that's not reality. Yeah. I mean, it could be a reality, but it's not this reality it's not right now honestly that's like a muscle that people have to mm-hmm. or like people have to learn to work out because people get like an anxiety spirals yes yeah. it's like yeah the more you go this is not real because people attach themselves to their feelings and their thoughts but if right. you can go all right that's not reality that's not right. true right that's a fucking good for you for having that as like a quick if i it could takes teach work. it if I, I could, think, i would i would love to give people i think that's what cbt tries to do cognitive behavioral therapy oh, okay yeah but i don't it's also like you have to fucking be willing to do that work and right. it's when you're feeling shitty it's hard to do any work right but well the thing is you can't do the work when you're feeling shitty oh yeah you have to do the work when you're feeling good but, but when you're who feeling wants good to do the work when you're feeling good well, you're like i'm you're fine. not feeling shitty yeah yeah that's the problem yeah it's like so the next podcast I'm doing, I'll be talking to Brad Bonner. He does a show, One Degree of Separation, which we talked about. Yes. It's a, a funny look at suicide and depression. And he suffers from depression and has since fourth grade wow. and has, you know, thought, has suicidal thoughts. And he just wakes up and it's like that some days. Yeah, yeah I we'll, get it. We'll get into that. But him and I talking because, you know, he asked me, he's like, Are, do, you ha- do you suffer from depression? And I was like, no. And he goes, yeah, you do. I was like, I'm pretty sure I don't. I like myself a way too much to do that. And, uh, but that's what him and I talked about. Cause he's talking about depression from the depressed person's side. Yeah. And then as a not depressed person, what can we do? And I was like, you need to talk about that because you have to talk about it when they feel good. Yeah. But who wants to talk about yeah, depression? Like, I don't want to bring down not, the room. Right. You're or, like, but what if I trigger their exactly. depression by asking them about their depression? And it's like, well, that's not exactly how depression works. I know. But there is that fear of like, yes. what if me bringing it up makes them – because you know what I feel is like guilt that yeah. like I feel like a burden if people have to like acknowledge my depression. Then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, now it's like affecting you. Like with my boyfriend who is like the most happy-go-lucky person ever, I'm like I, – I mean we said this off the podcast but i literally like oh i'm gonna be your trauma if i talk about my depression and he wants he's like you can share anything with me i love you i care about you and i'm like ah (laughs) i don't want you to stop caring about me (laughs) which is like not the right thing to do but that's so interesting i want to but but that's the gap that uh so through his show that's what he's trying to bridge i want to come back up when they're doing that yeah, Whenever. I know. That's why I'm like, it's Thursday. I was so uh, uh, if we, if I had next time, yeah, I'll if there's a next time, schedule it right <laughs> so that you're because because that's what he does. He has four comics on the pot, on the show who do like five minutes a piece. Like here, I'm funny, but now Let's then they about- sit down and they have this panel and they talk about just talking about depression. That's a great way to do it too. So you see that this person is like not just a lump. Right? Like, you're like, oh, this is like a happy, relatable oh, human. Wait a minute. How can you be depressed? You're hilarious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how can you be depressed is a crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And people will make assumptions about your trauma based on just like looking at you. 
Uh-huh. Like, you can't have gone through anything. <laughs> there was this drunk guy who hangs out at the comedy store who for sure has PTSD. He's, like, a war veteran, but he, like, is a problem drinker, and he just is is off. And he'll just come and, like, rant about how everyone's a pussy and, oh, fucking, you've never been through anything. I just literally see him now and walk away, even though, I'm like, someone needs to help him, but yeah. it's not going to be. I'm, Hi. Because he just, <laughs> no one has suffered. And right. it's like, okay. Right. No, oh. they're just not as loud about it as you yeah. are. Yeah, we're just dealing with it quietly. <laughs> well, any uh, closing thoughts? <laughs> um, <laughs> I've shared too many. Um, I feel like it's your personality. It's fine. I know. Oh. I mean, you, you that's what you do on stage, too. Know, it's you, oversharing. I think I have a personality that people hilarious. either love or hate. I just have to accept that. Yeah. Because they're like, dear God. I saw lots of positive things on Instagram. They were posting on your... You commented on it yourself. Oh, Don't okay. look at me sideways. Oh, I was like, that, you know, they're like, oh, we love the show last night. And- oh, yeah. I was like, oh, yay. That was... That's always nice. Yeah. And you're like, oh. It's also nice to be like, oh, at least one person looked me up on Instagram. <laughs> because I don't... Like, ego-wise, I don't give a fuck. But I know the industry cares about that shit. Right. So I'm like, oh, fucking. I don't like going. I've started doing it recently. I'll be like, okay, you you know, make sure if you like me, follow me. I want to fucking blow my head off. (laughs) But I guess that would be the closing thought is like, you got to be, and this is a thing I'm relearning as an artist and someone creative supporting yourself with your work. You got to be willing to fucking tell people. I have trouble. I'm a comedian. Or someone else, oh, she's a funny comedian. I go, no, you got to (laughs) fucking a little bit put on your, you know, your sales hat or whatever. You got to be, if you're not excited about your work, no one else will be. And it's, I think for most self-aware people, it feels disgusting to be like, yeah, you got to check out my stuff. (laughs) But you have to. And most people want to be entertained, you know, like for the average consumer, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. You forget that, especially being in LA, because everyone's trying to do something. Right. Everywhere else, people are like, whoa, it's cool to people that yeah. you do something like that. Yeah. So, you know, don't be afraid to talk positively about the thing you love right. that you do. And yeah. hopefully the thing you love is yourself. Uh, one day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all work towards that. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> well, thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. And uh, someday we'll release the lost episode that we already did this one. So it's probably the same like thing. Like a year ago. It's just me being like, yeah, no, it's dark right now. <laughs> one. Two. Three.